Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of The The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. I'm Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that any of this shit makes sense. Because we don't want to be people who make things up in the world. And also, what we think is true might not be the same as what you think is true. It's all experiential. Experiential. It's all experiential. Giving you back your own spiritual authority. Yeah, it's important to have authority in your life for yourself, right? Well, it's important to be your own authority. That's true. Especially when most of the world's religions and the patriarchy and capitalism are trying to take it away from you. Okay, so we're starting off on a high note. Well, she's on fire today. (laughs) What can she say? Uh, Yeah, you are. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I can do that. I'm Angel. I am a uh, producer of films. I'm a writer. I'm also an astrologer. And that's me. And I'm Brandon. I'm an energy healer. I'm a tarot reader and teacher. And I'm also an actor, a writer, uh, and a performing artist. And we're husbands. We are married and have been for almost two years now. Yes. What is mine, half of it is yours. And what is yours, half of it is mine. Uh, uh, okay. (laughs) That seems questionable. Uh, how's it going? It's going great. Yeah? Yeah. Tell us why. She's high on spirit. Well, since we've last gotten to check in with y'all, with the y'all gazers, that's what we decided we were going to call everyone. (laughs) You're our spiritual gazers. And you don't have to be gay to be a gazer. No, you can be an ally and still be a gazer. Yeah, you just have to have an interest in gazing within and also gazing up into the cosmos and gazing down into the earth. You're a gazer. Gazing out all around town. Yes, honey. Gaze Gaze out all around town. Um, I just took an incredible weekend workshop with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And it was a uh, workshop just all about basic shamanic healing skills. So what does that mean exactly? So, um, like just basic, you were just like, Hey, Hey earth. Hey rock. Um, no, uh, there was a lot of shamanic journeying involved, Mm -hmm. which is a specific form of divination where you travel to either the lower, the middle or the upper worlds to receive either healing or information or power. Um, And then we also explored some other forms of divination. Divination is just um, different tools to receive information. So, of course, like tarot, I Ching, um, runes, these are all forms of divination, not shamanic forms. But then there are more shamanic forms, um, like asking a rock or all other sorts of cool stuff. (laughs) And it was just, honestly, I was also on a retreat two weeks ago in Sedona with my with my teacher for energy healing and breath work. You've just been retreating away these days. Retreating in. Mm-hmm. Retreating back to the reality of who I am. Yes. Um, so it was just really beautiful to be with like-minded, like-hearted, like-spirited people and building community and talking about the things that really matter to me mm-hmm. and nobody looking at, nobody looking around like, who the hell are these freak shows? <laughs> Not that I mind being looked at like a freak show because I'm an Aquarius and I wear it proudly. Yeah, you are a walking freak show. Thanks, audience. I said that with love. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of my check-in. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it, it was seems really like amazing. It's been really all of these retreats have been affecting you in really profound ways. Eh? Yeah, they really have. Just um, reconnecting me to my own light and my own power, reconnecting me to my purpose, reconnecting me to nature. Mm-hmm my heart expansion it's been really tremendous do you feel like now you really can recognize like how far apart you are from those things given how you're plugged in you are now uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah she was pretty she was pretty far apart but not entirely because i felt like you were always like immersed in your practice. I mean, obviously I feel like you've always walked your talk, but I certainly do think there's been a shift just in the last few weeks for you. Honestly, I realized maybe a few months ago, maybe even a year ago, that if I wanted to continue to deepen certain practices and be more effective as a healer and a teacher, that I just wasn't going to be able to get away with some of the same bullshit that I allowed myself to get away with. And I... Wait, can I just interrupt? So yeah. what, what would be bullshit? 
Uh, smoking a lot of pot. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, not doing my daily practices, meditation, energy clearing. Just like letting it slide. Just letting it slide and not being diligent about it. And that's not true for everyone, but as somebody with a Capricorn moon and who is Saturn ruled, Mm -hmm. the truth is, is that I know if I'm in my power or if I'm not in my power. And unfortunately for me, I can't just like swish my way into my power i have to be a little bit more disciplined and regimented about it yeah yeah and i just wasn't entirely ready well honestly i was kind of lying to myself and saying like you know what i think i can still do these things and do these other things as well and the fact is i can't um right i have to hold myself to a stricter account because i have to be a clean and clear vessel so that i can facilitate other people's healing and also my own and so that I can have clarity about what's really going on especially with energy healing or shamanic work because it can be very subtle and because you are shifting from one reality to another Mm -hmm. if you are hungover or like you know not sure if you're high or not still you know like it just it gets in the way of the work do you think that's for everyone no I don't I wouldn't, honestly, I can only speak for my own experience. Right. And I would never tell somebody what they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. But I know for myself that at this moment in my life, as I continue to dedicate and commit myself to my gifts and my sensitivities, I I just can't get away with the, with the same bullshit that I used to get away yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I only ask because I am both high and hungover right now. Oh. So... It's but beautiful. I'm feeling like a full channel. So. <laughs> no, listen, like there's a lot of things. <laughs> I'm kidding people. I'm not high. Look, or full truth. Like there's a lot of things that I can do really well high. Like I can teach a fucking killer yoga class. You can dance well. I can dance well. Um, <laughs> I can be really creative. I can channel a lot of songs and a lot of creativity. You're a fun conversationalist. I'm a great conversationalist. (laughs) And it's not that like I'll never get high again or I'll never have a drink of alcohol again. It's just that I really have to be very intentional now about when I use those substances and why I'm using them. And a lot of times it was to numb myself out. Yeah. Because I am so sensitive and I didn't want to feel all of my sensitivities. And now I'm aware that all those sensitivities are actually the gateway into my gifts, into right. my clairaudience, into my abilities to heal and to be clairvoyant and at onwards and upwards. So I'm just taking ownership and committing to that. No, I think that's great. I'm, I'm inspired. Oh, good. And as I've said to you, you know, in private, and now we'll share with whoever's listening, I am right behind you. I just need to get out of the current cycle of insanity that my life is in right now and then once i feel a little more in control of my schedule i am shutting down from everything and clearing just um some stuff up i'll end virgo season on a high oh yeah honey that sounds beautiful and i'm here to help Mm -hmm. you with whatever sort of clearing or grounding or releasing that you need thank you yeah and and you, you're still, I mean, you're at the very tail end of production. Yes. On Bad Hair. Bad Hair, uh, which is going to be the new film from Justin Simeon. It's going to be a sensation. <laughs> it's magic. We can't say much. but I can just say that it's magic. It will be magic. And it's been so much fun. And we're ending production this week. And I'm going to be really sad that it's over because... As I was saying to you last night, I was re-listening to my reading that I had with um, Anne Orderly, and she was sort of saying how just the way my chart is set up, that when it comes to work, that I have to get used to sort of this whole, like, now you're in, and now you're out. Like, there isn't, like, this real, like, just, you're going to be, like, in a stable job for 10, you know, 20 years, you know, like, that sort of thing. Like, my work is very, like... In aggressively out, in aggressively out, which I think you had sort of referenced that like having, you know, done like astrology readings, that's very much about that because it is very much like I'm in, we're going deep and then bye. Um, but I feel like that's maybe why I also really respond to the production life because it is sort of this like aggressive like amount of period where you're, or time, uh, this aggressive amount of time where you go in and you're just like sort of in this like group of people all focused on creating this thing and then you're out and um there's something about that that i guess just like sort of resonates with like my spirit of how to work so i will be sad to uh have it end um but i'm also excited to um be able to like get back to some routine which 
will be good for me because Libra is coming up and that's all my sixth house. So it's time, which is like the house of like routine. Day to day. Day to day. It's the Virgo house. So for me, it's like a one, two punch for Virgo season. It's like it continues into Libra for me. So I'm very much in need of a little... Um, Virgo's your fifth house? Virgo is my fifth house, my ah, creativity house. Yeah, Which is very interesting because you've spent Virgo season in production, in creativity every day. Completely. And um, so now you'll be bringing the partnership and the beauty and the poetry of Libra to your daily routine. Here's hoping, girl. Making poetry out of your daily routine. I mean, that sounds like heaven. Yeah. I would love that. And I feel like I've taken a lot of little bits and pieces of everything that I've been learning over the last just four or five weeks, six weeks since we've been working on this. I feel like I have grown exponentially through this process. Um, it feels like it's been like a real sort of um, sort of burst of energy in my life. And it's pushed me to grow up in some ways, which I've really appreciated and haven't fought. And I think that's been the challenge. The change is normally I would fight these kinds of things, but well, I'm trying to just accept them. I'm really proud of you. You've been doing an amazing Thanks. job. I got to visit Angel on set on Monday and see him in all his power and glory. And <laughs> it was bring your husband to work day. Yes, and I was a very was. proud husband. That's sweet, honey. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do anything like insanely powerful while you were there. But... Just your presence. Yes. Just your presence can heal and be powerful. You don't as have a, to do anything. As a couple folks that I was talking to the other day, they, we were saying, um, I was joking about how like a producer's job is just to like get out of people's way. And somebody uh, said, Angel, your job on set is vibes. Oh. <laughs> and somebody else laughed and went, yup, that's it. Angel brings vibes. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. That's amazing. Yeah. And actually very profound and insightful. You do. You bring the vibes. Yeah. So I'm going to actually also put that on my resume. Vibes Angel Productions. brings vibes, though. Yes. I don't even know what a resume looks like. It's been so long. Um, but uh, anyhow, oh, look who just entered the spirit room. Our third host just walked in and is coming to sit on his little perch. Noche, the wonder dog. You're late. Here, everybody. Gosh, talk about hungover and high, just yeah. wandering in. <laughs> like you don't even know where he is. Well, he did get acupuncture today, so he's probably feeling a little spacey. Yeah, he's a little blessed out. And he did a very good job. Should we transition into our next segment? Yes, please. All right. Well, gazers. It's time to take a peek inside our medicine bag. All right, baby. What's in your medicine bag this week? So in my medicine bag this week, um, you know, the medicine I need to take uh, is actually I do want to say we had I'd mentioned um, just like the couple choice of on songs, but really like the whole album is out now and I because I drive a car from a while, a long time ago and I have a CD player and I was able to, the CD was sent to me because we got concert tickets and I've been listening to the CD every single day. And I am really obsessed with that album. It's like, so good. I don't skip one song. And I think you had said too, it's like so nice to have like an album that is, has like gay boy love songs on it. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. So it really is just like a cool collection of up-tempo, downbeat, lyrically beautiful tracks. Yeah, great songwriting. And I cannot wait for that concert. I know. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Uh, um, so I highly recommend checking Troy out. Um, and also, there's an album that's been out for a little while now. It came out, I want to say, in July or June or July. But Twin Shadow has an album out called Cayer, C-A-E-R. Which translates in Spanish as the verb to fall. Cayer. To fall. And let me tell you, I have fallen for that album. <laughs> like, it worked out. It's so beautiful. I always say it's like Bruce Springsteen meets Prince, like funneled through their 80s sound into now. And it, they're all anthemic. I've always loved his music. I'm always stalking him on like Twitter, like saying how I want him to like score a movie for me someday. Oh, and wow. Put that out there. Say Twin Shadow is going to score a movie for me someday. Twin Shadow will score a movie for me someday. This is the power of manifestation. And that Mac. I want it over credits. I want it over a love song or a love scene. 
Um, but, uh, but anyhow, I highly recommend checking that out. And then something that our friend, uh, Philip recommended to us. Philip J. Bartell. <laughs> yeah. Also known as Philomena Jasmina Bartolina. Yeah. He turned us on to, uh, this, uh, graphic novel called Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles. Uh, by Mark Russell and Mike Feehan. Brilliante, everybody. It's brilliante. Yeah, and it's, you know, it basically takes the uh, classic Hanna-Barbera character, Snagglepuss, if you remember. He was sort of like a pink kind of queenish. Snagglepuss. Yeah, and he would always say, okay, Kevin's stage. to Murgatroyd. Yeah, and exit stage left. Um, but it sort of like transplants him into like the McCarthy era as like a gay uh, Tennessee Williams-esque yeah. successful playwright. Yeah, and so it really looks at sort of... And his best friend, Huckleberry Hound, who's yeah. like a chronically depressed novelist. Yeah, so it really like explores like repressed sexuality and, you know, sort of like the politics of the times and really how they sort of, even how repressed sexuality informed, I felt like, some of the McCarthy era uh, bullshit and, you know, sort of all the like... Uh, fear propaganda around the Cold War, and it's really, really fascinating and beautifully written. And the value of art and subversion in challenging times, and even though it goes back to look at the McCarthy era, it could not be more timely. A hundred percent. And I just want to shout out, because it's also in my medicine bag, that Mm -hmm. there's a beautiful quote in it, and it is that shame is the building that is erected to keep people from discovering what is extraordinary about oh, themselves. damn. And I say read that. Will you say it one more time? Shame, and I'm not sure I'm saying it word for word, but shame is the building that is erected to keep people from discovering what is extraordinary about themselves. Ooh, tweet, tweet. And I've just been feeling that so profoundly. I think as, as a gay man... I realize how much my shame has informed what I've been hiding from. And it's because mm-hmm. people are uncomfortable with it. But the fact is, is like the things that people are uncomfortable with are actually the things that like are my brilliance, are what yeah. make me incredible and unique. And I just want to be able to offer that to everybody else. Like the things you're ashamed about, if you could give them a little bit more love and light, they would probably blossom into things that would make you rich and famous. Own your vibes, people. Be Snagglepuss. Be the Snagglepuss you want to see in the oh, world. Oh, be the Snagglepuss you want to see in the world. So what else is in yours? Uh, so those things are all in my medicine bag. Also the new Lana Del Rey song, Mariner's Apartment Complex. Oh, yeah. Talk about gorgeous songwriting. Lana Del Rey does not disappoint. The high priestess of emo. <laughs> and the other thing in my medicine bag. What sign is she? I don't know what sign she is. Oh, shit. We should figure that out. Yeah. Um, but I... It came out on the day that I decided to drive up to Lake Arrowhead for the day with Noche just to go for a hike and get into nature. Because Mm -hmm. when I went to Sedona, the biggest thing I realized was how desperately I crave getting out into nature. And even though Los Angeles is beautiful and there's flowers all throughout the year and there's Griffith Park, it's not the same as like getting above the smog and really being immersed in nature. So when I was doing my breath work for my new moon in Virgo ritual, it just kind of popped in my head like, you need to go to Lake Arrowhead on your next free day. So I didn't ask why. I was just like, okay, I'm going to trust this. So I just drove up to Lake Arrowhead and that was the day the Lana Del Rey song came out. So I listened to it on repeat like 20 times, which was amazing. (laughs) And no chance. And I just had a beautiful day up and around like Arrowhead hiking and that it was magical. So, sweet. so it, the other thing, sweet. yeah, it was sweet. We had a beautiful time. So the other thing in my medicine bag, which is like slightly a concept, it's a little more esoteric, but like getting out into nature is in my medicine bag. <laughs> so like my hiking boots, I guess, are in my medicine bag. Well, we have to go get new hiking boots. The hiking boots I'm going to purchase in the future are in my medicine bag now. Uh, they're in your shopping cart. They're in my shopping a different cart. Different segment. Yeah, because honestly... <laughs> Getting out into nature for me, and I would venture for all of you, is a really important practice. And I say this when I'm teaching Pilates all the time, like, y'all, if it's true in nature, it's true for you because you have a lot more in common with a tree than you have in common with like a computer or an iPhone. Or a building. And we forget that especially those of us that live in these like big overpopulated cities. Yeah. So whatever you can do just to get out into nature and unplug and just be present for the wind and the grass and the trees and the mountains. And the little squirrels. Oh, the squirrels. I saw a beautiful, beautiful deer twice. The same deer? Yeah, it was the same deer. How'd you know? Well, because we started this trail and it was a very short trail. 
No. <laughs> and at the very end of the trail, which I didn't know was the end of the trail, I saw the deer right when we started. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's greeting us at the start of the trail. And then, you and then we got to the end minutes? of the trail. Yeah, like seven and a half minutes later. <laughs> and there was the same deer because there was this like high fence that he was like trying to jump over. And eventually he found a hole and he got through. So it was a happy ending. But I was like, oh my God, it's the same deer. And then I was like, Noche, we need to find another trail because this was only seven and a half minutes. <laughs> Noche's like, I've just been sitting here this whole time. And Noche was like, I'm actually good. I'm done. Can we go get lunch now? <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that sounds great. So that's our medicine bag, everybody. We're now going to transition into uh, our deep dive for uh, this episode. So put on your scuba gear. It's time for <laughs> a our deep, deep dive. dive. So Angel and I were talking, and what we really want to devote this next part of our program to is just talking about energy healing. Because it's a very large subject. It's a little vague. There's (laughs) lots of different ways one can receive energy healing. And as somebody who is an energy healer, I just thought we could start to talk about it. So what is an energy healer, honey? So an energy healer is somebody that works with energy, the energy in your body. And -hmm. I'll just stop and say that in my practice, you have four bodies. You have a physical body, you have an emotional body, you have a mental body, and you have a spiritual body. And in any one of these bodies, you can have blockages. And all four of these bodies kind of overlay on top of each other. Mm -hmm. It's just one way to think about the four parts of your life, of your existence, right? Some people are really good at the mental. Some people are really good at the emotional. Some people are really good at the physical. And some people are really good at the spiritual. And you want to have a fully integrated life. So, for example, if you've been in therapy for years and you know what your issues are, but you still keep doing shit the same way, you've been working with the mental body, but maybe you haven't entirely integrated into the emotional body or into the spiritual body. So energy healing is a way to identify where these blockages are, where trauma is stored in the body, where your chakras aren't flowing freely, where things are getting stuck, essentially, and bringing some energy, some light, some attention to these parts of yourself so that you can live in greater alignment with your soul's true purpose. So there's all sorts of energy healing, and I'm by no means like an expert. This is like not a lecture, but, you know, Reiki is a form of energy healing. Mm-hmm. Reiki is connecting to universal love, light, energy. Everyone has the capacity to be a channel for Reiki energy. Um, they suggest that you get attuned, meaning like somebody will attune you to receive it. It's something that only happens once. My mom is a Reiki master, so I remember when we were young, I mean, I think I was maybe like 11 or 12 um my dad my brother my mom and i all went to this guy's house and he attuned us and then we all practiced doing reiki on each other did you like fully understand it at that time yeah i mean it's a pretty simple concept like there is universal energy that's available to us think of it like sunlight and you open yourself up to be a conduit for that energy and given the way you were raised you didn't really have any sort of like question mark about it no I didn't. That's great. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Thanks, Mom. Shout out, Tamara Strauss. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, there's Reiki. um, And then there's also... So, different healers have different gifts. Some people see energy. Some people feel energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people see, uh, you know, where blockages are, see that things are, you know... um, I work mostly uh, through hearing things, but then... The way that I do most of my energy healing is with breath work. So I'll have a client come over and they'll breathe in this specific way. And the breath work in and of itself will start to turn them on so that they can feel the underlying energetics of their bodies. And they'll start to know where things are blocked just based on what they're feeling. And then based on what they're feeling, I'll kind of guide them to bring awareness and attention. Of course, I use crystals, we use affirmations, we use oils, anything basically to get the energy flowing. So it's it sounds complicated and complex, but I think it's actually very simple, okay? And here's here's how I would explain it. You have a body. Your body, when you were born, barring any sort of, you know, serious trauma coming out the birth canal, worked really well. It probably worked really well up until you were about six or seven, when all of a sudden you started to realize how society and culture is kind of telling you that what you're feeling is wrong. Like, for example... As a child, your parents are having a fight in the room next door, and you feel 
how dissonant that energy is. But then they come to you and they're like, everything's fine. Everything's great. And all of a sudden, you learn not to trust your own intuitive sensibilities or capabilities. Trauma can happen to you as you get older. If you aren't able to process it, if you don't have some sort of outlet for it, it gets stuck. It gets crystallized in your body. And this shit starts to run you. And then you start to run into this everywhere. Like if you have daddy issues, I bet you all of your ex-boyfriends, all of your bosses exhibited some sort of similarities to your own daddy issues. Or if you have mommy issues. True that. Because it's all energy. So the energy that you've crystallized and stored in your body is now a magnet for the same type of energy. Track that lineage, everybody. So, like, energy is neither good nor bad. It just is. And if you want to be free and you don't want to be trapped by this stuff, then it's just a good idea to work with yourself or to find someone that can help you identify where this stuff is and start to release it, you know? Yeah. And then there's also, like, what, like, chakra cleansing is, like, something people do energetically. 100%. So, yeah. Chakra cleansing. So, your chakras are the seven main energy centers in your body, the root, which is around your tailbone, which is all about grounding, feeling safe in the world, the sacral chakra, which is kind of the sacred bowl of your pelvis and your belly, and that's about your sexuality and your emotions and your creativity, and then your solar plexus, which is your will center, your warriorship, your ability to like manifest and move through. It's, your, it's the house of value. And then your heart, which is really the bridge between the lower and the upper chakras. And your heart is really what calls the shots. You know, your heart knows why you're here. And we walk around. I mean, that's the number one thing I see with my clients is a lot of heart blockages because we've all been hurt. We've all been betrayed. We've all been let down. And so we've built up these barriers around our heart, thinking that that's going to protect us. But unfortunately, what those barriers do is they they keep us from our own heart's wisdom. And Angel will tell you, we saw this amazing healer in Chile when we were there on our honeymoon. And she said to me, Brandon, the strongest position for the heart is when it is out and exposed, because that is what the heart is supposed to do. That's when it's strongest. When you are hiding your heart is when it's compromised. So teaching people how to feel okay exposing themselves, that their vulnerability is actually power, you know, that's part of how we work with the heart chakra. That's four. Then you have your throat chakra, which is in the throat. And it's all about the ability to express yourself, right? Like the more you express yourself, the better you will feel. And that's another place where people have a lot of blockages because early on they were told like, be quiet or like what you feel like shouldn't be seen or it doesn't have value or it's embarrassing, you know? So it's really about giving yourself permission to express how you feel because that's going to make you start to feel better. Yeah, speak your truth. eh? Speak your truth, yeah. And ideally all of these chakras are connected, right? Like they all need to be in relationship with each other and then you have your third eye which is clear seeing um and your ability for clarity like the crystal clarity of the mind and then you have your crown chakra which is about connecting you up to divine light and divine source so the root chakra connects you down and the crown chakra connects you up and this is one way it's one system you know, of thinking about how you are composed and based on where you might feel blockages gives you an idea of like what realm of your life requires some more attention, some more caring, some more unpacking. Mm -hmm. And I think it all folds in, you know, like some people might need more energy work. Some people might need more therapy. Some people might need more dance, you know, like you kind of need to work with all of it because the fact is, is like, there's a lot of really smart people that are aware of their issues that are hiding behind their words. And you can talk yourself in and out and out of actually growing or changing or yeah. doing what needs to be done. But when you're lying on the floor and I'm having you breathe and I'm playing a killer playlist with the new Lana Del Rey and Troy Sivan, you don't have really any choice but to feel what's been what's really been yearning for you to feel it for so long. Because anything that has happened to you in your life is somewhere in your body unless you have taken the time to release it. Okay, so I want to interject and ask a question. Yeah. How does then, like, psychic trauma play into it? And just to elaborate, like, the idea of we can bring trauma from past lives in, from, you know, I've read about and um, sort of for myself played with the whole idea of, like, 
you know, the circumstances around when you were conceived and everything going on around your mother as you're being carried in the womb can also affect you. Which body does that sort of play into? And what are, what are your thoughts on those things? And then also what, are the, what body kind of does that affect, you think? Yeah, 100%. Well, I would say because you have four bodies and they're all connected, mm-hmm. it starts probably in the energy or the spiritual body, but then it, it becomes part of your emotional body and your mental body and mm-hmm. your physical body if it doesn't get tended to. And I would say not just like the, yeah, like past lives, coming in with past life trauma that's unresolved, mm-hmm. coming in with ancestral lineage trauma, like things that have been passed down in your bloodline. And I would say, like, I think a lot of us on the planet right now are the lineage breakers. Like you're waking up to realize like, oh, there is a legacy of addiction in my family. There's a legacy of sexual abuse in my family. Lies. And I'm the one. I meant legacy of lies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> legacy of lies. Or lies. even a legacy of like people not going after their dreams. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so you can be the person that that ends that cycle. Be the snagglepuss. Be the snagglepuss. <laughs> no, but I think you know, honestly, I did. I'm really interested in ancestral healing work, and I want to heal my lineage. Um, and I did some work earlier this year, kind of asking. I journeyed, and I asked, "What is the next step in in terms of like how to heal my ancestral lineage?" And the answer I got was, "Just keep working on yourself, boo. Just keep working on yourself, because until you're a clean vessel." To try to do anything else, you're just going to continue to muddy the waters. But I also think that when you take a step forwards, when you break something, you heal it backwards. And you heal it forwards. Mm. So your descendants, your children, your children's children will no longer suffer the addiction, the sexual abuse, the lies, whatever it is. Yeah, that's... That's great. That's profound. So, for example, I'll share a story now. So, my teacher, David Elliott, uh, spelled E-L-L-I-O-T-T, and he has some amazing meditations that you can just get off his website, davidelliott.com. So, if you're interested in, like, doing the breath work and you don't want to come to me for a session, you just, like, want to spend, like, $15 and get a meditation, you can do it yourself in your own home. And you'll probably have a pretty cool experience and you'll start to see, oh my gosh, like I'm feeling tingly or I'm feeling cold or I'm literally feeling a pain in my left hip, which is what was happening to me when I first discovered this this breath work. And I went to David for a one-on-one session and I said, whenever I do the breath, I feel this pain in my left hip. And he said, tell me about the legacy of sexual abuse in your family's lineage. And I thought, how the fuck does this motherfucker know about that? You know? And so, you know, even though I'll just say, like, I was not personally sexually abused, that energy made its way into my energy body through my ancestral line. And I've spent the last few years healing that in myself. But it also made me realize why I attracted so many fucking sexual predators in my 20s. Like, Mm. I would walk into a gay bar and it was like I had like a sign on me that was like, hey, old men, come and accost me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not like being ageist here, but I just mean like old lecherous men, you know what I mean? Or even not old men, but like, I would just get these kind of predatory type people coming to me because they could feel that energy in me. So you might have an awakening right now. It might be realized like, oh, maybe I have some of that too, right? Like you don't necessarily need to have an addiction or need to be abused or even like be a big liar or a narcissist or what have you to have this in your family lineage and it needs to be healed ideally through you so that you don't pass it on. So energy healing is a very large network. Yeah, we could totally like spend yeah. a whole episode on it. And every healer does it in their own way. And I think probably every good healer evolves. You know, like I'm always learning new things and working with new tools, but I think every healer probably has some helping or healing spirits that they work with, whether it's ancestral helping spirits, angels, ascended masters, what have you. Because at the end of the day, in the same way that a tree can regenerate in the same way that the earth herself regenerates as natural beings, we too have the capacity to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what a good healer does isn't heal you, but reconnect you to your own power to heal yourself, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because I'm not interested in like getting people addicted to my healing, right? That's sorcery. 
I want you to come to me once, ideally, feel fucking amazing, and know what to do to help continue your own path of healing. Healing happens in layers, you know? Like, it's not like a quick fix. You don't just, like, get to go buy your, you know, spontaneous healing. But what happens is, is you start to feel better and better and more free and more empowered and more clear and able to live the big life that your soul came here to live. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and like you said, you want to be able to like offer people the tools to go do that so that they can be empowered to do it for themselves. Yeah. So my first experiences with all this, um, I was just thinking about it, is that I remember the first time I ever heard about like an emotional body was actually through Ayanla Van Zant mm. in one of her books in my early 20s and how she, and what a like awakening that whole concept was i was like oh wow like yeah i have a whole just like emotional body that like exists within my energy um and really was like even like through meditation was also sort of how i just started to like become more in touch with my own like energy as like a being on this earth because i think it's very easy to just kind of like wake up and do your thing and go to work and like i'm a human in the world but when you do start to like sort of put that layer of spirit on your life, even just like, you know, sitting in meditation and sort of focusing on like your hands sort of like touching your legs, you know, the top of your legs or touching the chair or wherever, like and just feeling the energy of that connection. When you start to tune into that, you start to really sort of then begin to like turn on like the energy that everything is giving off. And obviously too, when you just think of the fact that like, oh right, everything is energy. <laughs> like even that's just science. <laughs> like it's all energy. We're all made up of the same, you know, like atoms and what have you. Um, so it's like really interesting to think of like, oh right, so it makes sense that I'd be able to like work with energy. And I think in a previous episode when we talked about like our spiritual beginnings, I then brought up how then Reiki was sort of introduced to me in my life through healing some trauma I had from an accident and how fascinated I was with not only the sort of spiritual awakenings that came out of the whole sort of like Reiki, uh, just all the series of Reiki sessions, but also just how quickly my body actually physically healed through Reiki. Yeah. Um, I was just really like blown away by the idea. And I just remember even just like the sensation of it that having like hands laid in a certain area and it wasn't like, you know, and like just the immediacy of heat that like was generated, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, right. You've had hands on you for like the hands aren't like necessarily like sitting on you. They're like hovering above and like you could feel heat like being generated, like from hands into your body which I found so fascinating. And now like for me, I recognize like heat as like a, as like a time where energy is sort of moving and sort of accumulating in my body. Even today I did a sort of a pretty lengthy meditation and through the course of it, I felt like this immense heat in my third eye and it, I could, um, it, it was, I get these like sort of circular heat going, which my brain goes, oh, maybe that's your chakra. Um, and it feels that way, but it's it's always interesting to kind of like be present to you know what energy feels like for you. Yeah, because sometimes it feels really cold. I remember mm -hmm. when I was first doing the breath work and I would do it first thing in the morning and I would always like get so cold. And so I would just start to like put on like more layers of clothing mm -hmm. and I would start to like put more blankets on top of myself and I would still always get cold. And I was like, how can I not get warm? Damn. And then I realized, oh, you're not cold. This is how your body feels energy. Right. It feels like chills and goosebumps for me mm, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then I was like, all right, well, then, you know, like just surrender to that. That's what's happening right now. That must now. just be you being white and me being Latin. <laughs> How we receive energy on this human existence. Sometimes I feel heat too. But like when I'm calling in spirits or connecting in that way, it usually is like I get, I get chills. Right, right. Um, well, I think it's interesting for, you know, everyone out there to just start to like, if you haven't fully tuned into energy and the energy of your body and the energy of your spirit and emotion, all of these different, you know, layers that we have, 
you know, just to sort of start to play with that in your meditations um, or to, you know, even go and like work with an energy healer. And to me, even like acupuncture is a form of energy. A hundred percent. Healing. Absolutely. That I personally love. I adore it. So next weekend, everybody, just as your, as your spiritual gaze, we should just tell you that next weekend is the fall equinox. It is. So if you are listening to this episode on Wednesday, when it comes out, then Friday is the equinox and the equinox marks the first day of fall. Yeah, that's the real end of summer, y'all. Not we are Labor Day. at we are at the midpoint between summer and winter. It's a shoulder season. Yeah, and fall in Chinese medicine is connected to the lungs, and it's the season of grief, meaning the season of letting go. Mm-hmm. It's when the trees shed their leaves, and we're talking northern hemisphere. So if you're southern hemisphere, you don't have to worry about yeah. that. Welcome to spring. Welcome to spring, bitches. <laughs> but for those of us in the northern hemisphere. It's a really beautiful time to start to release, to start to shed, to start to let go, to get more essentialized for winter. Mm-hmm. So in whatever way makes sense to you, honor the equinox. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's like a some sort of energetic ritual you can do for yourself. Yeah. To move into that space. A ritual is a spiritual play you put on for yourself. Love that. You make it up. I love a play. Yeah. And it means something to you, you know? Like, that's the most important thing about a ritual. Yeah. And maybe you can find a few little witchy friends to do it with you. A hundred percent. I always like to work with the elements, you know? You've got air, and you've got water, and you've got fire, and you've got earth. And I like to use all of those for a ritual in different ways, you know? Sometimes it's a bath. Sometimes it's a fire. Sometimes... It's getting in the dirt, you know, but just make it up. Yeah, have fun with it. Get quiet and see, you know what I mean? Like you might even like get quiet and sit down and write, you know, my fall equinox ritual 2018 and then just put your pen to the paper and just start writing and don't pick your pen up. Just keep writing. Even if like the first minute or two is just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Why am I writing it? The spiritual gaze told me to do it and there are a bunch of crackpots and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden you're going to write gorgeous crackpots. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, get a plant. And you know, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Um, All right, cool. Well, that's fun. That's a fun little exercise for everyone to do. Yeah. I do think we'll be diving more into energy healing um, as we continue on. I think we'll probably deep dive into some of these others much more specifically, but I think it was good to just give everyone kind of the the blanket overview of it all. We have one last little segment we had a uh, we had our very first gazer listener question, Woo-hoo. and we wanted to address it. Also, to encourage y'all to write us questions. Yeah. So this is what we're calling the SG mailbox. We have a little message in our mailbox from Flow State Kate. All right, so she writes, Dear Brandon Angel, let me start by saying I'm a huge fan of your podcast. And she goes on and on to basically like gush about how fabulous we are, which is very sweet of her. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Flow State Kate. Thanks, girlfriend. Um, but basically the gist of her question, because I don't want to get into all the details, is that now that she's learning so much about astrology, um, she doesn't uh, know the exact time that she was born. You know, she got sort of like a generic, it was around this time, um, but doesn't know exactly Um, so wondering if there were any suggestions around how do you sort of get into, you know, really getting, uh, digging into your chart without knowing an exact birth time. And this is definitely something that has come across my plate a number of times. Um, you know, you either, uh, are dealing with people who, uh, were, you know, adopted, so they don't have their exact birth time, or again, people who just didn't have like the actual records of it. Um, so you know, really what it comes down to is you sort of on some level have to become a little bit of a detective. Um, uh, It certainly helps if you have like somewhat of a like vague like area, like it was in the morning or it was in the evening or the middle of the night, um, because that's a little bit of a start for you. Um, But if let's just say basically you don't have those things at all, then really what you can just start to do is just, you know, find what we call an ephemeris, uh, and you can find that online at this point, E-P-H-E-M-E-R-I-S. 
and you look for one that was from the year you were born and it will show you the date uh, the day you were born as well and it will just show you at least the de- uh, the degrees and the signs of where everything was when you were born so you can at least get an understanding of oh my Jupiter was in this sign my Mars was in this sign etc cetera, etc cetera. you can find out everything essentially but your rising sign now if you do have um, some sort of general time that you were born at, uh, you can then start to, again, sort of be a bit of a detective for yourself and start to pull up charts for yourself. And you can use, you know, anything from astro.com, which we've mentioned before, and there are other sort of now apps that are out there in the world where you can enter in things and, you know, start to play with times. But you can basically start to like enter in you know, let's say it was like somewhere around 6 p.m. Then you can say, all right, well, let me look at a chart that says 5.30 p.m. and look at the rising there and see if that resonates for you. Also, the moon, too, may have may have switched, too. The moon may have switched as well, yeah. So then you look at like, you know, then or you could also do one for 6.30 p.m. and just kind of look at them and sort of ask yourself questions like, oh, do would it feel right to have a moon in the third or a moon in the second? Um, you know, or yeah, moon in Aquarius or a moon in Capricorn. And you can really start to like look at both of those things and really kind of get more of a clearer sense um, of which one, you know, makes more sense for you, which one resonates for you. So you may not be able to get the exact sort of chart for yourself, but you'll at least be able to get it down to a point where you can feel really confident understanding at least what your rising is. And I would say even as I've worked with people who were uh, adopted who said, oh, I know my birthday, but I have no idea what time. Even that, you can start to detective it a little bit and just start to read about all the rising signs um, and just kind of start to get an understanding of, oh, which one resonates with me the most? And then you can start to plug that in. And, you know, that's a good way. At least I've been successful in finding ways to like read with people from that place. Um, And then obviously, too, you could always work with an astrologer, you know, to sort of say this is my situation and, you know, it was this or this. And, you know, some astrologers, I I do know some astrologers won't probably, you know, would sort of be like, oh, I really want to know the exact time. I don't want to just sort of willy nilly it for you. Um, But there are some who will, I think, sort of take on the task of trying to help you decode it. So would you feel comfortable with somebody who doesn't know their exact birth time coming to you for a reading? Yeah. I mean, again, it all becomes about like some detectiving. So it's very much about like... But you could help kind of like walk somebody through that and, you know... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to ask like some questions and yeah, it becomes like a whole little bit of a Rubik's Cube. Cool. But once you kind of have figured it out, then you have it for the rest of your life. So it's definitely worth putting some effort into figuring out. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, that was uh, that was our episode, everybody. But before we say adios, we're going to pull a card. So just take one more moment, tune back in. This message is going to resonate for you no matter when you listen to this in a future place and time. And I have just pulled. It's very dark in here, so I have to squint. Oh, my gosh, the Ten of Pentacles. And I pulled it reversed. So Ten of Pentacles is the Oprah Abundance card. Pentacles being the suit of Earth and Tens being like all of it. So when this card shows up, it means that there's a lot of abundance in everybody's life. But when a card comes in reversed, my interpretation is that you are somehow reversed to the abundance of your life. So I'm not about to say that you're all about to get a car, you get a car and you get a car, or that you're all about to get like a big check or a raise. What I'm actually going to say is that this message is that you have a lot more in your life right now than you're actually paying attention to and seeing. There is abundance in your relationships, in your home life, in your creativity, in your career, in your own heart. You have access to abundance. You just need to start really 
paying attention to it. And I always like to remind people that you are what you pay attention to. So if you are paying attention to problems, if you are paying attention to what you do not have, if you are doing what me and my best friend Nick like to call compare and despair, when you compare your life to other people's and then you start to despair, then that's a real like 10 of pentacles reversed. Instead of paying attention to all the things you do have, everything that's working well for you. Do you have all your hair? Do you have gorgeous clothes? Do you have a passion? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a cute little dog named Noche? You know what I mean? Like there's lots, I do. There's lots of things that are available for you to have gratitude about. So 10 of pentacles reversed at its essence is the gratitude card. And it's an invitation into having gratitude. Because when you are grateful for the things you have in your life, you get more as opposed to the opposite. So mm-hmm. take these next two weeks until we meet again and practice some gratitude. Yeah, everyone practice some gratitude. It's so important. And um, before we do sign off, I would just like to dedicate this episode to my grandmother who just passed away, Timmy Lopez. Um, we're going to miss her very much. And I just wanted to uh, say her name and put it out there into the world. Um, yeah, she was the matriarch of our family. And we'll miss her very much. So, um, so yeah. So, for you, our Mima, we mm. will miss you and we love you. We love you. And speaking of gratitude, so much gratitude to all of you, our gazers. So much gratitude to our neighbor, Carl. Yes, our neighbor, Carl. The spirit of technology who set up these new mic stands for us today. <laughs> gratitude to Justin Simeon for all of the music yes, that Jason you hear. And um, I'm grateful for you, my love. I'm grateful for you, honey. And grateful for little Noach. I'm grateful for little Noach. And we're grateful for all of you. Thanks for listening so much. Um, if you want to send us an email, you can send it to the spiritual gaze, G A Y Z, at gmail.com. You can find us on all of the uh, podcasting platforms. Please feel free to tell your friends. Also, please feel free to. Uh, subscribe and uh, rate us uh, leave us little reviews it's very helpful for you to do on the platforms on the iTunes oh yeah and if you're San Diego based I'm teaching a three week tarot class down in San Diego called Tarot and Vino and it's going to be a blast you're going to get your own deck you're going to get a flight of wine and small bites it's starting on Tuesday September 25th and we do have I think just like a couple spots left so if you are interested in that um, there'll be more information on the Instagram you can reach out to us Um, and that's gonna be happening at the rose wine bar in south park in san diego yeah so get into that so yeah you can see information on that on our instagram the spiritual gaze g-a-y-z or on twitter at spiritual gaze and until next time this has been your moment in the the spiritual gaze really milked that one didn't you i was in the mood